Welcome to the Awakening Podcast Network. Get ready for an inspiring audio from this cutting-edge voice. You can find more podcasts at awakeningpodcasts.com. You want to go deeper? Get equipped to overcome and walk in God's purpose for your life at Awakening House of Prayer's online campus. You'll experience an online family, preaching, teaching, and prophetic impartation for victorious living. We have over a thousand members online hungry for what God is saying and doing in the earth. Visit ahop.online today and join our family. AHOP TV empowers believers with spirit-inspired messages and strategic equipping that accelerates your spiritual growth. You can subscribe to stream weekly content from Awakening House of Prayer, conferences, and other exclusive content to stir your hunger and encourage your heart. Visit us online at ahop.tv. Hey, in this session today, I want to uh, share some uh, insight with you on a spiritual warfare encounter. And guess what? Spiritual warfare encounters can be good encounters. They don't have to be where you just have a bunch of backlash and difficult things come. They can be victorious encounters. And so I want to lift us up into a redemptive interpretation already, because when we start hearing about, whoa, spiritual warfare encounters, where we think automatically, some of us at least, that they're about how you got beat up and bruised. And yeah, you know what? Difficult things do happen, but let's not have a victim mindset. Let's have a victorious mindset as we go into this subject. So, a theme verse I want to give you, which I'm going to flip it here in a moment, is from Numbers chapter 13, verse 33, the last half of the verse. And this is about, you know, the 12, the 10 spies, you know, that go out into the land and they're commissioned by Moses and Joshua and Caleb. And some come back and give an evil or a a dark report. And some come back and they give a good report. So our theme verse is Numbers chapter 13, verse 33. And we became like grasshoppers. In our own sight, and so we were in their sight. Hey, in one of the earlier podcasts, I talked about a fiery healing encounter. Well, I want to tell you about a dream that's on spiritual warfare that relates back to that same fiery healing encounter, but it relates to this verse right here in Numbers 13.33. Let me read you this verse one more time as it's relating to our subject today on spiritual warfare encounters. And we became like grasshoppers in our own sight. And now listen to this. And so we were in their sight. So we were what? We were like grasshoppers then in their sight. Hmm. That is a reference that as we see ourselves, well, it projects and it's giving a license or almost a a magnifying glass, as it would be, for the enemy to see us 
in a way that we see ourselves. Huh, hold on. Did you see that right there? Listen to it again. We became like grasshoppers in our own sight, and so we were in their sight. Let me tell you a dream that I had. In this dream, it was really amazing. I see this army of soldiers, and they seemed large. They seemed so tall. It seemed so forbidding, so foreboding, so just a a taunting, as it were, and like overwhelming to me. And and like a spirit of fear was there. It was just like, oh my goodness, what in the world is coming? And then I rise up. And now I'm looking down on the enemy. Instead of earlier, I was lying, as it were, like on the ground, and I was looking on a horizontal plane, and they were looming and huge in there, my sight of who they were. The dream shifts. I rise up. I stand up. And now I'm not on their plane. I'm looking down on the enemy. The entire perspective shifts. And here's what happens. The enemy looked now like little tin soldiers, not giants. Little tin soldiers, all just kind of like lined up like toys, folks. And then the word of the Lord came to me in the dream, and it said, And your enemies will become like grasshoppers in your own sight. Did you hear that? That is a flip on this of Numbers 13.33. And so we became like grasshoppers in our own sight, and so we were in their sight. The first half of the dream, that is exactly what I experienced. As I peered in on the horizontal plane, as I peered in upon the enemy, they seemed looming. They seemed overwhelming. They seemed foreboding. It was intense, but it was my perspective. Then I rose up, and it wasn't near as intense as I thought. And in fact, the word of the Lord came to me and said, And your enemies shall become like grasshoppers in your own sight. Now, spiritual warfare encounters. I really want us to get this. I did not know what was coming. It was after this that I found a nodule, a hard nodule, that was the first sign of non-Hodgkin's lymphoma cancer, which quickly grew to the size of a cluster of grapes. I remember I got hold of one of my best friends who has a real gift of faith, and he's been in my life for years, and, and we joined together, and we fight for each other and for our families. It would be like what you would call a covenant friend. I told him this dream, and I said, I don't know what's coming, but I'm telling this to you because I'm going to need you to help remind me because it might be I'm going to face something that the enemy 
could try to make me feel like I am a grasshopper in their sight. But what the Lord wants me to see is that the enemy that could come, I am to see them as a grasshopper in my own sight. So I had perspective ahead of time. Do you know that the Holy Spirit's job, one of them, is that he will speak to us things which are yet to come? Sometimes he does that to forewarn us is to forearm us. Did you hear that? He will speak to us things which are to come to help give us interpretation, to give us revelation, to posture ourselves appropriately. That dream of spiritual warfare was very helpful because what happened? After this, I found out I had non-Hodgkin's lymphoma cancer, but I had this dream. I had the Word of God, I had praying people, and I had a revelatory word of dream. And this dream was used to help flip this on the enemy, and I would then look at the cancer as a little C instead of the big C. Do you hear me? I know what this is like. And I then looked on the enemy as the little C, cancer, and Christ as the big C, the Christos, the Christ, the anointed one, is greater. Have you ever had an enemy in your life? Have you ever had something try to stare you down and intimidate you? Well, let me tell you another story from my own life's journey. By the way, that ended up being victorious outcome because I was healed from non-Hodgkin's lymphoma cancer over a fight, a battle that took some time, some prayers, some effort, and a lot of uh, approaches brought together. But I will tell you that that enemy became like a grasshopper in my sight, and so will this happen for your life as well. God wants to turn your circumstances around, and he wants you to be the victor instead of the victim. I remember another time when um, my wife and I, we were barren, and we could not have children. We had medical documented diagnosis showing that it was impossible for us to physically have children. But we had God's word. We had praying people, and I also had a dream. And in the second year of our marriage, the Holy Spirit spoke to me, and he said, You will have a son, and his name will be called Justin. Now, some of you who have known me for years, and some of you are new to my voice, but those of you who have been around, you know these stories, and that is an older story because Justin is among us, and he is now 35 years old, so that is an old story. But guess what? It's not an old story to me. It is as new every time I tell it because it's a miracle. Did you know that Jesus Christ is the same yesterday today and forever. So, in spiritual warfare, we were given a diagnosis. You can't have children. It's medically documented impossible, and I had a dream that we could. So, what did we do? 
we turned that dream into prayer, and that was our own Holy Spirit school of prophetic intercession. But I remember when the word of the Lord came to my wife, and when she gave God a word, and she gave the enemy a word, and she was told the following, you must fight for your own children. No, wait a second. You must fight for your children? She didn't have any children, but she had a dream. She had a desire. Do you have a desire? Do you know that sometimes our greatest destinies are encapsulated in warfare? I don't want you thinking just because you have warfare around you, it means you're doing something wrong. Let's flip that, too. It might mean you are doing something right and you are a threat. The enemy only comes against those whom are a threat to the kingdom of darkness. If he, if he doesn't, he, he operates that way. I mean, I, listen, folks, he doesn't come against people who are already in alignment with him. He, in fact, he encourages them. He comes against with fear, with paralysis, with intimidation, with domination against those who are a threat. But the word of the Lord came to my wife and said, you must fight for your children. And guess what? That changed her from being an all-American Betty Crocker homemaker into being a warrior for the Lord's purposes. And did she fight? Yes, she fought. I remember her speaking to her body. I remember it so well, and she would, right when we'd be in the middle of great difficulty, she would just say to her body, says, you're going to function right. My chemicals are right. Um, hey, let's just get real. My ovulation patterns are, are, are right, and I'm going to receive this seed, and I'm going to carry a child, and this dream shall come to pass. And she would war over her body. Why? Because God told her, you must fight for your children. Well, fight we did, and four children we have. And today, guess what? I have already seven grandchildren. And hey, if we did not have the first miracle, there wouldn't be these seven grandchildren running around today. So they too are fruit of fighting for your children. Because listen to this prophetic interpretation. You don't know how big the destiny is that you're warring for. That's sometimes why the battle is as intense as it is. Thank God we don't always know the whole picture. Give yourself to what you know and get this one, Numbers 13, 33, last half of the verse. And we became like grasshoppers in our own sight, and so we were in their sight. But God wants us to flip that. And in the dream I received on a spiritual warfare encounter,
and your enemies will become like grasshoppers in your own sight. And so they did. And so I did rise up, and I did look down from a heavenly perspective upon my enemies, and they became just like little tin soldiers. And I am the one who changed from a victim to a victor. And you can do the same in Christ Jesus. So there's a scripture. There's a couple of experiences from my own treasure chest. Well, how about you? Are you building up a treasure chest of life encounters where you are not the grasshopper, but your enemy is? Okay, so some of you have sent in some questions for me related to spiritual warfare. This first one is just so spot on. Thank you for uh, partnering with me in this. The first question is, how do we walk in wisdom in our spiritual warfare? Well, thank you for submitting that question, because what that already means is you have some understanding about warfare, and because you're asking for wisdom concerning it, so what that already means is we can also walk in presumption in our warfare. So how do we walk in wisdom in our intercession, in our spiritual warfare? Well, I want you to know this. One can put a thousand to flight. Two can put 10,000 to flight. Jesus said, where two or three are led together in his name, there he is in our midst. Who do you want fighting your battles? Did you hear me? Who do you want on your side fighting with you? I want Jesus. So, yes, Jesus is with me all the time, but there is an exponential increase in authority and in power by agreeing with others. So one of the wisdom ways is you do not have to fight alone. I didn't say take everything public. I didn't say go post everything all over social media. I didn't say do that. Sometimes, yes. But what you need is two or three. Jesus said two or three. Get you two or three covenant people who know how to keep a secret and that you trust, and together you war together. That's a wisdom issue in spiritual warfare, because we're not called to walk alone. We are called to walk with others. Now, listen to this verse found in 1 John. It says, and this is the victory that overcomes the world, even our faith. It doesn't there say my faith. It says our faith. So, bringing Again, an emphasis on this wisdom for our spiritual warfare. It is my faith, your faith, our faith together. There's one. How about this one? Ask some questions about spiritual warfare. Whose battle is this? Is it yours? Is it someone else's? 
Is it a battle that's even supposed to be fought? Or is it something that the enemy is enticing you into that's outside of your boundaries, outside of your gift mix, outside of your experience, and he's trying to woo you and entice you to get you involved in something that you're going to get in over your head, and thus backlash comes, because that's what he's trying to do. He's trying to entice you. So wisdom would say, ask some questions. By the way, This is what they did in the Old Testament, and there would be a battle, but they would ask the Lord first, is this the time? Is this my battle? What are the weapons needed? And guess what? Every battle had a specific tactic. So wisdom would say, whose battle is this? Is it mine? Is it for today? Is it one I am to become prepared for, for another day? Is it one that I am to be someone who blesses others, or am I called to the forefront, on the front lines? Ask those questions. Then ask another question. In wisdom, ask God questions. And another question would be, is what is the personal strategy to confront this level of darkness. Tell you what, it might be walk around your property seven times. It might be going a fast. It might be the power of declaration. It might be entering into praise before the breakthrough. So there's a lot of issues here. So I hope that some of these would be some keys for you agreeing with others, not walking alone, discerning times and seasons, walking in accountability and under authority, use God's word, know the blood of Jesus, and praise before the breakthrough. How about another question, okay? When you cover spiritual leaders, what are some of the spiritual protocols When you pray for leaders, can you pray for everything? Wow. Well, I guess you can pray for everything, but the thing you need to discern is what are you called to pray? Get specific. I believe the more specific you are, the more protected you will be. Mm, Interesting thought. The more specific you are, the more protected you will be. Well, that's a big subject, isn't it? Let me flip it. Let me try to like bring it to you in, in, in another way. In praying for spiritual leaders, the answer is yes, because the Word of God says, first of all, I call you to pray for kings, for men, and all those in authority. So first of all, I want you to know it's the birthright and the commission for every believer to pray for those in authority. Now, there is strategic warfare, and then there's prayers of blessing. The thing that we can all do is enter into prayers of blessing. Another thing that we can all do is pray the Word of God. That's protocol. That's boundaries. Another thing in protocol and praying for leaders, do not pray problems. Pray solutions. 
Sometimes we align with the accuser of the brethren because we are listening to the murmuring and we end up in criticism and we end up in prayer criticizing spiritual leaders or governmental leaders. I tell you, don't do it. Don't do it. You can pray blessing because the power of the blessing is greater than the power of the curse. So in praying for leaders, praying for your spouse, praying for school teachers, praying for police, for firemen, for your mayor, for your governor, for your president, for your pastor, your apostle, your, your leader, pray prayers of blessing. Pray the word of God. Pray uh, for the promises, not the problem. Seek God for the solution. Pray solution-oriented. Hey, so can you pray for everything? Well, of course you can, but, but I'd encourage you to find that niche that God wants you, because maybe you're supposed to pray for their children. Maybe you're supposed to pray for their spouse. So, hey, in my book, Prayer Storm, I cover a lot of these issues on praying for those in authority, praying your family into God's family, and things of that nature. And another resource of mine would be God Encounters Today, where there is a chapter on angel encounters, dream encounters, intercessory, and spiritual warfare encounters. So this is James Gall, and I'm just trying to answer some questions, bring you some insight on spiritual warfare encounters. This has been a production of the Awakening Podcast Network. Jennifer LeClaire is the founder and owner of APN. Our heart is to inspire people and exalt Jesus with every broadcast. We're grateful for our advertisers and supporters that make these podcasts possible.